Hello and welcome back to Practicing English. And may I say, first of all, a very happy 2024 to all my listeners. I hope you have a wonderful 2024. And may we have also a peaceful 2024. Peace at the moment being something that we need in this world more than ever. I'm going to continue with my story, which I started just before Christmas, podcast 175, and you may remember it is a suspense story, Never Go Back. I suggest you listen to the first episode, part one, before you listen to this one, so you know what the story is about. In this second part, the suspense increases and things become quite exciting. I'll start off with explaining some of the suspense vocabulary in the story. This is a B1 level podcast for all those students studying for B1 or B2. So here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. This is podcast 177, which is the second part of Never Go Back. And here are some expressions which you will hear in the story. Some vocabulary that expresses suspense. These are B1 words. I have put them in the sentences that you'll hear them in the podcast. For example, Benjamin looked up, shocked at this unexpected and rude behavior. Shocked. So if you are shocked, S-H-O-C-K, to be in shock, meaning that you are very surprised in a very negative or frightening way. Unexpected. Something that you didn't know was going to happen. Rude. Now, this word rude sometimes might be a false friend. What it means here is impolite, not polite. And behavior is the way that we are with other people. Unexpected and rude behavior. Listen out for these words. The next sentence is, why all this unfriendly behaviour, when this morning the hotel staff he had met had been so kind? So unfriendly is the opposite of friendly or the opposite of kind, K-I-N-D. The next sentence is, her face looked sour and unfriendly. So I've repeated unfriendly there. But I've also used the word sour, S-O-U-R. 
Now, usually this word is used to explain the taste of something, something like a lemon or vinegar, something which is not pleasant to taste. But we can use the word sour as well to explain somebody's behaviour when it's very cold or unfriendly, perhaps aggressive, sour. Her face looked sour. Next one. Your card, sir, she said. But her look was cold. So the word cold, again, obviously meaning the opposite of hot or warm. But we use these words cold and warm to talk about behaviour. Warm behaviour meaning friendly and cold behaviour meaning unfriendly. The next sentence is, he felt anxious and confused. Two B1 words there, anxious, A-N-X-I-O-U-S, meaning very, very worried, anxious. And confused, I think you'll probably understand that one. When we don't know what's happening, we feel confused. Benjamin left the room angrily and walked to the lift. So angrily is just the adverb of angry angrily. My next sentence is, the whole world had gone mad. This is mad, M-A-D, used in the British sense, the British meaning, which means crazy. And later, the next sentence, in fact, it says, the idea was crazy. So mad in British English means something which is not normal in your mind. Whereas in American English, mad actually means angry. If an American says to you, I'm mad, it doesn't mean they're crazy. It means that they're really angry about something. And another word for feeling angry is annoyed. Benjamin became annoyed, is the sentence. So annoyed I suppose it's a better word than angry. At times, it's a more formal word. Um, Perhaps it might be less than angry, less emotional. The word annoyed, which is spelt A-N-N-O-Y-E-D. And it's a nice synonym that you can use with angry so you don't repeat it if you're writing a text. The next one. The doorman gave a shout and fell two or three steps, his sunglasses sent flying. He gave a shout. So a shout is B1 as a noun, where it means to speak very loudly, to give a shout. Um, Because he, he fell at the time and he gave a shout of surprise or anger. And then the next sentence is, he fell badly and screamed in pain. So you've got the two collocations there, to give a shout and to scream in pain. So scream is that high-pitched sound we make when we are frightened or, or something hurts. We are in pain. Ah! To scream, S-C-R-E-A-M, in pain, P-A-I-N. 
Okay, those are my suspense words to listen out for during the story. So here we go. Never Go Back. Part 2. This recording is copyright. M.A. Bilborough. Benjamin didn't know how long he stood there on those hotel steps, thoughts turning around and around in his mind like a hurricane. Among all those memories of twenty years ago, suddenly appeared a pair of driving glasses. Time waits for no man. His family were waiting for him. He couldn't just stop the world to give himself time to think. He had to go on, go to his hotel room and find the driving glasses, get back to his family. Where are you going, mister? said the doorman. Benjamin looked up, shocked at this unexpected and rude behaviour. I'm a guest, he replied. I'm staying here. Prove it, said the doorman. He was taller than Benjamin, powerful with fair hair and a moustache, his eyes hidden behind dark glasses. Benjamin showed the room card he held in his hand. The doorman took it out of his hand. Follow me, he ordered, and he walked inside towards the reception desk. Benjamin couldn't believe what was happening. Why all this unfriendly behaviour? When this morning the hotel staff he had met had been so kind, saying good morning and chatting with them at breakfast. Had the doorman heard his conversation with Jessica? The receptionist at the desk was not the same as the smiling girl he had seen earlier. Her face looked sour and unfriendly. The doorman said something quickly in Italian to her and she took the card and checked something on the computer. She then looked up and handed the card back to Benjamin. Your card, sir, she said, but her look was cold. What was going on? Benjamin took the card and walked towards the lifts. He felt anxious and confused. He could hear the doorman and receptionist behind him, speaking in quiet voices in Italian. Were they talking about him? Benjamin got out at the fifth floor, went into his room and sat down on the bed. He put his elbows on his knees and his head in his hands and thought. Benjamin had had no idea that Jessica had been pregnant. He didn't quite remember even what actually happened that evening, due to all the beer he had drunk. Benjamin felt it wasn't his fault. Well, it was, but he had been young and stupid. Why did he have to pay this price? What would his wife say if Jessica came back and told her about this child? They would have to leave the children somewhere so they wouldn't hear the conversation. Where? They would find out in the end anyway. Benjamin hated the idea of his children knowing. 
And what about Carmen? Perhaps she would understand, although she had very strong opinions about some issues. Jessica had got it wrong about Benjamin going to Paris, and he was glad of that. In fact, it had been Madrid. He had studied at a university there, and that's where he met Carmen. Carmen came from a Catholic background with strict parents. Benjamin got on well with them, despite their differences. One reason Benjamin had such a good relationship with them was that his own parents, although Church of England, went to church regularly. Both families were Christian and got on well. But this, this would destroy everything. The happy family he once knew would be no longer. What would Jessica demand? Money? Time spent with this, this son of his who needed a wheelchair to go anywhere? Benjamin lifted his head. The air around him was still and calm. Bright summer sunshine shone in through the bedroom window. Birds sang in the trees outside. Benjamin suddenly realised that this enormous problem hadn't reached his family yet. Perhaps he could avoid it somehow. How? He didn't know. But now Benjamin was more hopeful. If they changed hotels today, Jessica would never find them. For once in his life, Benjamin was grateful. His surname was Smith. There were so many Smiths, it would be nearly impossible to find him. He wasn't even on Facebook because he didn't like social networks. But Benjamin remembered how Carmen had been so looking forward to this trip to Lago Dorta today. There had to be another way. Benjamin's mind raced. He got up and began to look for his driving glasses. They weren't in the drawers, on the bedside table, in the pockets of his other jacket. There weren't any other places he could search. Perhaps they were in the car somewhere. To think he had come back for nothing and by chance had met that bloody woman. Benjamin left the room angrily and walked to the lift. There was a notice hanging from the door. Sorry, the lift is out of order. Meanwhile, please be patient and do not use the stairs. This situation is temporary and the lift will be repaired shortly. Our apologies, the hotel. The lift was out of order. How strange. Since he had decided to come back for his driving glasses, the whole world had gone mad. And why shouldn't he use the stairs? The idea was crazy, and he was in a hurry. Benjamin found the door to the stairs and pushed. The door wouldn't open. Benjamin became annoyed. He pushed again. It moved just a little. There was something behind, stopping it. He was really angry now. All the events of the morning pushing down on his mind. 
He walked backwards a few steps and ran at the door, hitting it hard with his right shoulder. The door opened and the thing behind it fell back. Benjamin saw, just for a moment, but he saw it. The face of an old lady falling back. She looked at him as she fell, a face with fear written across it. Her arm moved towards him for a second, asking for help. Then she fell back over the handrail and disappeared. There was no scream. Benjamin ran to the handrail and looked down into the stairwell. It must have gone right down to the ground floor, but Benjamin could see nothing, only dark. There was no electric light. Of course, that's why the lift didn't work. Benjamin stayed there for a few moments, looking down. What should he do? Leave her down there. It wasn't his fault, was it? Nobody would know what had happened. A silly old lady had an accident trying to walk down the stairs in the dark. She shouldn't have been there anyway. It says so on the notice. Do not use the stairs. He wasn't responsible. It was nothing to do with him. Suddenly, all the lights came back on. Benjamin looked down again into the stairwell. But despite the light, he still couldn't see the bottom, which was still in dark. The car park, that was it. The stairs went all the way down to a car park under the hotel. This must be the fire escape. Probably nobody would discover the dead body for quite a while. Benjamin turned and walked back through the door. There was nobody around. Nobody could possibly say he had been involved. He was free of that problem, at least. Ideas now came to Benjamin's mind about how to get rid of that other problem. And he even smiled to himself as the lift went slowly down. When they got home this evening from their trip to Lago d'Orta, the first thing Carmen would do would be to bath the baby. Then the two boys would have a shower and everybody would get ready to go out for the evening. Benjamin would say he wanted to go out and buy some fruit in the local supermarket to keep in the room. He knew how much Carmen always liked to have fresh fruit available. However, he wouldn't leave the hotel, but wait for Jessica downstairs in the lobby. When she arrived at the hotel, he would greet her and say he understood the situation and was willing to help all he could. The lobby was usually crowded in the evening. It was unlikely that anybody would notice them together. He would invite her to come up to their room to meet his wife. Unfortunately, the lift wasn't working, he would say, and they would have to walk. When they reached the fifth floor, 
he would turn round and push her over the handrail. Problem solved. Two dead bodies in the car park under the hotel. When the bodies were discovered, the police would try to connect the stories of the old lady with Jessica. Of course, there was no connection. It was also unlikely that Jessica had told anybody at the Borromeo Hotel about her meeting this evening with the father of her child. A temporary job abroad as a waitress, why should she tell such secrets to people she hardly knew? Tomorrow, Benjamin and his family were leaving the hotel. They were driving to Venice. His troubles would be behind him. The lift doors opened. Benjamin looked around. A few guests sitting on sofas. The hotel staff going about their business. Nobody had found the old lady's body yet, obviously. Benjamin walked across the lobby to the exit. The doorman was standing at the top of the steps. As Benjamin walked past, he pushed him hard. The doorman gave a shout and fell two or three steps, his sunglasses sent flying. He fell badly and screamed in pain as his arm hit the sharp edge of a step. Sorry, said Benjamin coldly. It was an accident. As he turned to go, he stepped on the doorman's glasses on purpose. They broke into little pieces. Oh, sorry about that too, said Benjamin, and he walked on. When Benjamin got back to the car, Carmen got out, her face anxious. Where's Logan? she asked. Isn't he with you? What do you mean? asked Benjamin. Why should he be with me? What's happened? Logan found your driving glasses, Carmen said. In his pocket, he'd been playing with them. He forgot he still had them. He wanted to find you, to tell you. He just got out of the car and left. I called him back, but he wouldn't listen. He wanted to take them to you. I couldn't leave the baby. I, I... Benjamin turned. That road, it's dangerous. I'll go and find him. Benjamin ran back towards the road. The traffic was heavy. A boy running across the road. It looked like Logan. A bright red sports car moving fast. Too fast. The sound of brakes and tyres on tarmac. Logan! <laughs> no! So remember, next time you forget your toothbrush, before you go back, think twice. That's all for now. Until next time. Uh-huh.